It is October 27th, 2021. This is the Daily Rob, and you should most definitely be liking, subscribing, sharing, and commenting, and all that other good stuff that you know helps us in the algorithm. And now, without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Smith. Shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Somebody got to do it. Hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hand in the game, real they just plan it. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, 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 let's go, Brandon. Hand in the game, real they just plan it. Hey. Alexa, cut off. She's a stubborn bitch. God damn it. Uh, anyways. <laughs> How are you? That's like the number one song on iTunes, Spotify, and the other one is, is number two, and they're banning them all over social media, but yet they're still number one and two. I'm going to write a rap song and we're going to do it because if they can go to one and two, we can, we ought to be able to get up there too. Yeah, I believe it. We'll show them as Smith boys. We got a little bit of soul in us. Okay. Not a little bit. We got a lot. So what stories are we looking at today? Uh, Stu, I thought I would talk about that sadistic motherfucker, Dr. Fauci. Excuse my language, ladies. Um, Stu, we, I mean, by now, our viewership must know about how Dr. Fauci tortured the little puppies uh, with parasites that allowed them to eat them alive so he could do a sadistic medical experiment. Okay, I get that. You know, I'm not one of these peta freaks that says you can't use animals for medical research. Though that did sound to me, Stu, like he might have just been a little sadistic. Then he's got the um, toxic brain injections into monkeys. Okay, well, again, I don't know, but I'm not going to get too worked up about that still. But I got one that is definitely Dr. Mangala, and it will definitely be in the news, and it's quite shocking in that in 2001, the NIH under... Dr. Fauci's uh, leadership conducted these aid drug trials on who, Stu? The most defenseless people in the country. Hmm, who would be the most defenseless? Children, maybe children without any parents. Orphans in New York City, these, um, drug trial test for AIDS research. Uh, there were 417 kids who were, who were part of this, all orphans. 25 of them died during the testing, during the administration of the AIDS drug, and 55 died soon thereafter. But Stu, just like the rest of us in today's America, they were expendable. So Stu, I think it's a shocking story. Yeah, uh, that's like what one sixth of the participants died. 
Uh, well, 25, 75, be about 75, 80 out of 400 would be 20%. Hmm. One six would be 16.6%, I think, still. Okay, damn. I mean, pretty close, yeah. I mean, that's still, any death of a child is a tragedy, but when we look at medications and what kind of results you want to get, it should not even be in that ballpark of adverse. But you get the mindset here, Stu, with the vaccine in that we're looked upon just like those orphan children. We're just we're just testing units to them. We're not people. Um, another story today, Stu, and, uh, is that at a Loudoun County High School called Broad Run, they had a walkout. Um, and the kids walked out because they were protesting the way that the Loudoun County School Board um, withheld the fact that uh, the girl was raped by the transgender man in the bathroom. And um, the walkout is, you know, children say that they are afraid and they need protection. Well, Stu, I never know about these things. Parents are often behind this type of thing, but I do know, uh, so I'm not going to give it some great credence. They're kids. Um, they don't have rights like an 18 year old would, but you can bet that if they were protesting against something else like guns, the, um, the administration of the school and the county would be all for it. Um, but anyway, um, it does put these people on notice. They committed a heinous act. Just allowing these people in the bathroom with girls is a heinous act. But um, school, Stu, um, at some point, I think we need a dis dis discussion about the value of public education to begin with. Um, I kind of have a libertarian streak here, Stu, in that, and also have um, some historical knowledge is, you know, back in colonial days when there was no public money, there was no internet, books were rare. Guess what parents did, Stu? This is uh, um, a revolutionary concept. There were a few options. You would have parents hire private tutors, or you would have a group of parents come together and essentially build a schoolhouse and send the kids there. And it would be like K through old enough to help mom and dad at home, and whether it's a farm or something. Right, Stu. Basically, they would educate the students themselves. And we had some of the most classically educated generations in our, our history with no resources at all. These public schools spend a tremendous amount of money per capita and they don't learn jack shit. And uh, why don't, I mean, with technology, technology today, um, there's no reason we couldn't go back to a, a system like that and we would be better off. And as radical as this sounds, if we just eliminated the public schools today, put the money back in parents' pockets I think you would see education improve. I think oftentimes in a democratic society, um, when some entity assumes control or responsibility for something, those who would normally have responsibility for 
that action abdicate their responsibility and just let the government do it. If the government wasn't there to do it, we would do it ourselves, we would do it better, and we would do it in a fraction of the time. So there you have it, Stu. And so, yeah, 1,000% agree. And I'm trying to pull up a tweet I saw. And this comes from, here we go. This is from the Washington Post. And so this is an article from the FN Washington Post that says outlook perspective and it's parents claim they have the right to shape their kids school curriculum they don't (laughs) and it is just mind-boggling to me so i've definitely said this yesterday but this is the essence of marxism where the state takes control of the children Uh, again i think marx talked about a mother being like a queen bee no family structure yes and so Tying into that, when we look at this from their point of view, where you want to have all these government programs, you know, you can use SNAP and EDT at your local grocery store. You can use it on Amazon. You can use it anywhere. And so all these public programs where they give you a lot of choice, why is it that school is the one thing where you are actually geographically bound to? So it's not like If I were growing up here in Richmond as a young child and I'm going to the public schools, I can pick any of the public schools in my county and go to that certain one. I'm actually forced to go to just the one that's in my zoning. So there's no choice. And and then we throw money at these schools, keep throwing money, things don't change. And so even from their own perspective of you know, government programs, social programs, it doesn't even add, it doesn't even meet their own testing standards for it, where it's the only one where the teachers unions control everything and prevent there from actual being rights for the family and the children. Well, the whole problem is the government runs the schools and everything the government does sucks. Um, And the pity of this would be if there was a law passed tomorrow that all shirts have to be dry cleaned at a government operated uh, location, operation, people would go nuts because they, they would know what the outcome would be. I'm not doing that. But yet we let them take control of our most precious resource, our children. And there's so many ways to learn, Stu. I'm sure you were like this. I, my parents taught me how to read before I went to school. Um, and often school is an incredible waste of time. Um, it's a socialist concept, actually, because it moves at the lowest common denominator. But I swear, I don't think we need it at all. Um, if you look at the writings of de Tocqueville and how he felt like Americans uh, kind of form their own uh, associations to take care of things. I'm confident that if the public schools close tomorrow, uh, Americans would find a way to educate their children and they would do it better, uh, more wisely, and in much less time and much less resources. So there. 100% agree. Uh, Just another story to follow, Stu. Um, January 6th, insurrection. 
there's much talk, and I don't know if this is true or not, but this guy named Ray Epps, who entered the Capitol and um, caused a little bit of destruction, incited violence. There's much talk and some evidence that he was a federal plant on the federal payroll. Interesting. We should follow that. Uh, Stu, you might talk about something um, analogous to this today, but Slow Joe uh, was talking today about the end of cash bail uh, because of gender equity and equality. See, if you can use race or gender or one of these buzzwords, you can get your socialist concept into the public square saying that, ooh, cash bail is, is, um, is harmful to gender equity and equality. Well, what cash bail is, is harmful to uh, various genders and uh, races um, because these criminals get out and they commit more crime. And it's a stupid idea and everywhere it's been uh, enforced, uh, crime has risen exponentially. It's another radical, radical um, idea uh, promoted by Marxists. So yeah, an example of this happened quite recently. There was a woman who was raped on the Philadelphia uh, public transport system and you had a ton of people record the footage, but no one stepped in and beat the guy's ass. Huh, go figure. But yeah. guess what? The guy had been released um, on, had been released because they don't have that bail system because they don't care about crime anymore. And so he was able to go out and rape another woman. I think he was also an illegal immigrant. But it's unfathomable yes. to me how people could just sit there and watch that and not do anything. Still, we ought to put testosterone into people into men's drinks, so we don't have any so many soy latte drinking skinny pants Sally boys walking around. We need more stews, more strapping horses. Okay. Well, the only other thing, Stu, is this Alec Baldwin thing. I think it's interesting. Apparently, somebody was really firing that gun in the morning, uh, plinking cans and such out in the desert. But I still, guns don't go off by themselves. And anybody who handles a gun, it's their responsibility to check the chamber to see if it's loaded. And Alec Baldwin didn't do that because he is a sissy boy who's probably never fired a gun before. I guess we'll have to see how that plays out. Also, he pulled the trigger. Doesn't <laughs> just go off. I'm aware. Yeah, yeah he fired the gun at somebody. Where he was um, pointing so the gun and then fired at it. It accidentally discharged. Doesn't happen, Stu. That's what I got, Stu. So, as a younger person, you know, you try to look up to older individuals. And so, Noam Chomsky was someone that I kind of looked up to. I disagreed with him on some things. Agreed with him. Comic. Disagreed with him on some things, but agreed with him on others. 
So he has always been a very good defender of the freedom of speech, even going so far as to completely saying, you know, you have to allow anyone to say whatever they want to say. Now, he was recently interviewed and cue that beautiful footage. Um, when you talk about folks having the uh, freedom to you know, separate if they don't want to abide by these vaccine mandates, what would that look like on a practical level? Does that mean that folks uh, need to to stay home and have like groceries delivered to them? Does it mean like separated communities of folks who are unvaccinated or just, you know, how do you think this would practically play out? Same way as with people who say that I don't want to, I don't want to accept traffic rules. I suppose there were people who said, it's an attack on my liberty to make me stop at a red light. It's government overreach. I don't want the state to have that power over my private life. Well, such people have to be, they should have the decency to remove themselves from the community. If they refuse to do that, then measures have to be taken to safeguard the community from them. Then comes the practical question that you ask, uh, how can we get food to them? Well, that's actually their problem. Uh, of course, if they really become destitute, then yes, you'd have to move in with some measure to uh, secure their survival, uh, just as you do with people in jail, for example. But uh, that's really not the issue. As you saw, he says that people who are unvaccinated should be separated from society, and it's not their, it's not the problem of polite society if they can't eat or anything, so that they should essentially be living in some sort of prison-like camp. And so it's just so fascinating to me to hear him say that because it just, maybe it's proof that these lefties really are the most dehumanizing people around and that no matter what, it all leads to the ver some version of the Red Terror. I would agree to that with that, Stu. And the lefties believe in the power of the state, which is they believe in the deism of man, of this controlling sect. They give their allegiance to that. You know, we all know where that leads to. It leads to death and murder and dest destruction. I think those of us who aren't leftist um, in that mode, us, uh, ascribe to a higher power that we allow that higher power to imbue inside of us and it makes us incapable of doing certain things. Uh, Stu, I'm sure sometimes you think about not telling the truth, but you can't because that, that spirit the heavenly spirit moves through you and tells your consciousness that it's wrong. The left has no limitations like that. And that's why Stalin killed so many people. Pol Pot killed so many people. On and on and on. Mao. And so and an example of what they would do, and you, you can even see this with one of John Stewart's more recent clips where he says, the problem with freedom, and you got it with Chomsky as well in his example about not wanting to stop at red lights where 
their attacks on what they perceive to be freedom and liberty are so, so shallow. You never hear them actually engage. You never hear them say things like positive and negative rights. And you just get these really just, in my opinion, sloppy attacks on what they perceive to be freedom and liberty. And for me, I, when I think of liberty, I'm always reminded of the ancient Romans who believed that liberty was a goddess. And so for me, liberty is a holy concept. There you go, Stu. Uh, the natural rights of man. Uh, I would also like to say, Stu, I think it was Robespierre, uh, but one of the intellectuals during the French Revolution and the reign of Terra had written a pamphlet that the ideal size of the French population should be about 25,000 people. And this was at a time when they had a population of over 20 million people. Do you think he was going to include himself in that 25,000? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's always the case with these guys. All of these great societal plans they have in telling people what to do has them in control and at the top of the pyramid. And, and so they I kind of... They make themselves a god, Stu. Instead of looking to the goddess Liberty... They look to their own selves as being a god. And I, a god I, of dumbassness. The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. <laughs> yes, and it's definitely one of those things where when we think of the most collective-focused societies, they are the most willing to throw the people underneath the treads of progress. When we look at individualistic societies, often they respect their populace far more than the progressive collectivist. Yes, they value the individual. Exactly. The other values the state, which grinds them up like grist in a mill, Stu. It does. Now, another quack who is getting up there in age, Bernie Sanders. So we know Bernie's very upset at cinema and mansion. And, and from Bernie's point of view, and here is some wonderful footage of that. What is most important to them? They're gonna say two things. Number one, they're sick and tired of being ripped off by the pharmaceutical industry. They think that it's insane that in some cases we pay 10 times more for the same drug as the people in other countries. While last year, the pharmaceutical industry made $50 billion in profit. Maybe the issue second most on people's minds is the understanding that it is really insane that in the wealthiest country in the history of the world, we have tens of millions of Americans, older Americans, who have no teeth in their mouth, who are unable to digest the food that they're eating, people who cannot hear and communicate with their grandkids because they have no hearing aids, people are unable to see well this is america richest country in the history of the world bottom bernie says that the cost of pharmaceuticals and the fact that old people are becoming so old that they don't have teeth that they're blind that they're becoming deaf these are the problems that are most pressing to americans now 
when I hear him say that, I think to myself, well, it sounds like people aren't being healthy if they're having almost no teeth and they need all these pharmaceutical medications. And then I'm also thinking of, haven't we been in the middle of this COVID lockdown for two years now? I think that would be on most people's minds. Stu, when I hear him say those words, the first thing, the first synapse of thought that comes into my mind is those people are expendable. That's the way the left thinks. You know, they don't have any teeth. They're kind of blind. Let's just euthanize them. It's interesting you say that because the next point I was going to say was, and you've mentioned this before with the incrementalism of the left. He's pushing so hard for, you know, Medicare for all for everyone. And let's say we get that. But then you get to one of these scenarios where you have a style of government with an enforced healthcare system like Canada or Britain, where you lose the medical freedom, or you're so bound to the system that you can't get a cancer screening in a timely manner, or they decide that they have to, that you have to be euthanized as a baby because you have some sort of defect that the system doesn't want to pay for. And so it's the incrementalism that leads to the destruction of the people. Stu, we good old boys from the country call that a slippery slope. <laughs> yes, most certainly. But uh, he's just like Noam Chomsky. He's another one of these old quacks that should have retired long ago because the way they think just is not holding up well. This show is awful. Terrible. Disgusting. <laughs> See you next week. Of course. Maybe they're quasi-demented. I wouldn't be surprised. Then again, they've always been demented. So I don't know how you would categorize that. Yeah. Going to the Soviet Union for your honeymoon sounds like a very romantic time. <laughs> well, uh, it definitely exposes a certain mindset that is religious in nature. In yeah. Any, Imagine any variance from you know, um, bowing and kneeling to the so Soviet state is blasphemous in his view, worldview. And um, yeah, scary. And so speaking of cinema, she officiated a wedding and these people protested it. And so it's just the most disgusting footage that I've ever seen in my life. So, what kind of wedding was it? Man and woman, two I, women? I have no clue. It wasn't, it, to me, it didn't matter. I know that, that the mother of the bride comes out and asks the protesters to please be quiet so they can have the wedding. But it's just the most, just, nothing is holy. Nothing is sacred. You know, politics is the only thing that matters and people can't even have a nice day.
Betrays us all. It's not lunch, is it? Big box with these good railings. Vote. Cinema sucks. Cinema sucks. Trump. 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 Call that the ends justifying the means. Okay, the Machiavellian school of politics. That's what the left always does. It doesn't matter. It's it's how you get. It's getting there, not how you get there. And so, speaking of cinema, one more time, she is confronted again, and she was confronted while walking with Tim Scott, and so kind of interesting for me to see those two hanging out together. You wouldn't imagine that they would be friends, but seemingly they are. And it kind of reminded me of this notion of, you know, the politicians that get a lot of bad rap from the press, like Tim Scott always being called an Uncle Tom. Also, he got insulted for kind of coining this phrase, woke supremacy, Rand Paul, who always gets attacked for having different thoughts on how the system should work and for, you know, fighting with Dr. Fauci. Physically and figuratively. Yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, with cinema and, you know, she's being the one who's attacked all the time now, but something that has happened is that Rand Paul has been setting records for campaign donations to him and tim scott is now the number two guy in the senate who has received the most campaign donations so he so there are some people who are speculating that tim scott is going to be making a run for president in 2024 hmm. um I, I think he's a good guy um 
Um, I'm not sure he would be my first choice, but um, I do like people who are good guys. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. And I've, I've called his office before. I, I watched an interview with him where he just played some of the nasty voicemails that people leave his office. And so I called people or leftists leave, leave in his voicemail. Because you know who they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, very mean leftist people leaving just the the most repugnant voice messages. So I just left a a nice voice message thanking him for everything he does. You know, I I unfortunately get a lot of phone calls that are not that nice. And unfortunately, I have learned to deal with it. But they're not always words of encouragement. You know, this is kind of a this is a safe space. We like to think about it. I mean, this is we, we try to keep this pretty personal. Yes. Seriously. Could we listen? Yeah. Uncle Tim, this is Uncle Willie. You, you. I hope you choking your tongue tonight. I don't wish nothing good. You are the lowest piece of this country ever produced. You sell out. Your mama ain't no good, and your sperm donor is even worse. You should have shot you in your mama face. That catching. Once again, thank you. This is from the Sunshine State. Also, Lindsey Graham is your you him and he you. You you. Marco Rubens a little he turns on people, and Rick Scott's a goddamn crook. So all you is gonna burn in hell together. So take your ticket one way straight to hell. You have a great day and enjoy your evening. Bye. Using when we have an infrastructure package that has about 10% in the next five years for roads and bridges. It's frustrating because the American people believe the words we use because the words we use are containers of power. And yet we deceive the American people in our packages by naming them something that sounds good, but the details are so murky you can't figure out what it is and we're doing it again Uh, at least when we talked about our reconciliation package we said we are going to cut your taxes we're going to raise we're going to return four thousand dollars to your household we're going to make it easier for you to make decisions because we believe expecting 535 people in washington to know what 330 million people should do with their money is ridiculous so we'll give it back to you you make your decisions it actually works Feel like a black public money I got coming in. Can't turn my back on the hood. I got love for them. Can't clean my act good. Too much thugging. Probably in the back in the hood. Like fucking. So on that note, what are the words of wisdom for today? I have three quotes, dude, from my favorite American. Socialism only works in two places. Heaven, where they don't need it, and hell, where they already have it. How do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who reads Marx and Lenin. And how do you tell an anti-communist? It's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. We must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept 
that each individual individual is accountable for his own actions. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Uncle there Ron. Go. There you go. Local hero. Uh, what is it? Oh, what's the other nickname he has? Uh, the Gipper? The Gipper. Dutch. Uh, yeah. Right on. Right on. To tear down that wall, buddy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you have a good day now. Peace be with you, my son. Later. That I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes.